What's happening, everybody? On today's show, we will continue getting you ready for the start of the SEC season. Today, we're going to focus a bit on Auburn as we touch on their quarterback battle. You'll hear our conversation with former Auburn running back Ronnie Brown, who gives us his thoughts on Brian Harson and Tank Bigsby. And we'll start to touch on Georgia as well as we caught up with Wes Blankenship to get his thoughts on what the biggest concern with the defending national champs this season will be. Locked on SEC starts right now. You are locked on SEC. Your daily podcast on the Southeastern Conference. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. And what's happening, everybody? Welcome into Locked On SEC. It's great to have you guys along. Thank you for making us your first listen every day. And remember, Locked On SEC is free and available on all platforms, including YouTube and at LockedOnSEC.com. All right, got plenty to jump into, so let's go around the conference. Boots out to the right. Makes the handoff. Around the conference. And we start... Over at Auburn, as we know, the quarterback battle continues on there, and we got a little glimpse into what the quarterback battle has looked like. We heard that Zach Calzada over the weekend was running with the third team. T.J. Finley was the first quarterback up in every drill. He was also paired with Tank Bigsby. Robbie Ashford was second in the quarterback reps. He was paired with Jarquez Hunter, and Zach Calzada was third, paired with Damari Alston. Now, None of that really means much because this stuff is all constantly changing, but it is worth mentioning that uh, that's how it was running. Some people reading it as, oh, is TJ Finley in the driver's seat now? Is Robbie Ashford the backup? Is Zach Calzada third string? Well, Auburn linebacker Wesley Steiner talking with the media this week. He's, he talked about Robbie Ashford saying he's a lot like Bo Nix. He said Robbie is a pain in the butt. I'm not going to lie. Steiner said he sees a lot of of Ashford in practice and he said one thing with Bo Nix is once he gets moving it's hard to get an angle on him because you don't expect him to be so fast Robbie to me he moves just as quickly as Bo I remember one practice I ran right at him and I felt the wind rush past my ears as I rushed by him so you know he's fast of course Ashford is the Oregon transfer coming in didn't see the field in this time with the Ducks but it is between TJ Finley Zach Calzada and Robbie Ashford so a little bit of an endorsement there for Ashford, but look, this uh, Auburn quarterback battle is going to continue on. I don't think we have much clarity here, but it is worth noting Calzada was running with the third team. We'll see if he gets some first-team reps here in the coming days. Meanwhile, over at LSU, their quarterback battle continues on, and it's, of course, now down to Jaden Daniels and Garrett Nussmeyer just a day after Miles Brennan opted to step away from football. Jaden Daniels meeting with the media and said, look, no matter where you go, you're always betting on yourself. I know what I present to the table, and at the end of the day, it doesn't matter who starts, it's going to be a great quarterback room. It's one of the top quarterback rooms in the country, so we've got talented guys all around. Daniels said he spent the offseason trying to build relationships so they could trust him. Uh, He said, trust me, I could trust them, just building that family bond. Now, he was asked if uh, they have named a starter yet. He said, no, they have not. So uh, Garrett Nussmeyer, he also spoke with the media, and he was asked uh, if Jaden had been announced as the starter, and uh, he kind of said, why, did they say something? Uh, But Nussmeyer, he returned from an ankle injury that kept him out of the Tigers' scrimmage last Thursday. 
now he's kind of splitting those first-team reps with Jaden Daniels. He said, I'm feeling good. I'm back at 100%. Blessed to be out there. Never take anything for granted. So we'll see. You would think Brian Kelly and LSU will announce a starter sometime in the coming days, but this thing could go all the way up till you know, the start of the season. So Auburn and LSU, quarterback battles still ongoing. Over at Mississippi State, Mike Leach looking to make some noise this year. And uh, Greg McElroy on his uh, podcast, Always College Football, he talked about Mike Leach giving him credit. He said, think about the positives. Here's Mike Leach in year three. Usually in year three, that's when the group as a whole takes a significant step forward offensively. They have a quarterback in Will Rogers now, starting in year number three. He was great last year when you look at what he did at times, his numbers. When he had help, when he had protection, he was very, very good. McElroy went on to mention the running duo of Jaquavius Marks and Dylan Johnson, who have combined for 2,800 yards in the past two seasons. The running back tandem combined for just under 1,000 yards and 10 touchdowns last year. So, look, offense is not the problem with Mike Leach. What's the defense going to look like? And I saw Connor O'Gara from Saturday Down South saying he thinks that defense is going to be very good. So if Mississippi State's getting great defensive play and the offense is scoring a ton of points... Mike Leach and Mississippi State going to pull off some uh, wins over some people maybe we're not expecting. Over Kentucky, Mark Stoops been uh, doing some uh, avoiding drama here recently with John Calipari and uh, talking with the media. He pointed out that his program has changed to the point that coaches around the league have noticed. He said, I think ultimately it's respect throughout the league. Respect throughout the league when you're dealing with coaches and players. Win or lose, you walk out, you know you're going to be in a physical matchups. Stoops then explained the difference between changing the climate and changing the culture. He said it's easy to change the climate. You just change a uniform, talk a little game, dance around, put on some stupid sunglasses, and you can change a climate. But to change a culture is at the core, and I'm quite certain we've changed our culture. Now, a lot of people taking that as a direct shot at Shane Beamer, who was part of a viral video during SEC Media Days week where he put on sunglasses uh, doing a TikTok video. So... Maybe shots fired there for Mark Stoops at Shane Beamer. We'll uh, see what happens in that game coming up in a couple weeks. Over at uh, Ole Miss, Lane Kiffin is uh, talking about his first scrimmage or just coming off his first scrimmage of fall camp. They're going to have another one on Saturday. Last week's was open to the public, and it sounds like Lane Kiffin wasn't the biggest fan of it. He explained that practices have to be limited to access because people record them on their video and You know, look, they have scheme plays and all that. So Kiffin was asked after practice yesterday if he was happy with the crowd turnout of the scrimmage. And he said, I don't know. I'm not really worried about that. I didn't pay much attention. I mean, we opened it up because Kyle, meaning Kyle Campbell, their associate AD, uh, wanted to be nice. So I'm sure everybody filmed today and every opponent has our plays now. But, you know, we're just here to be nice to everybody. Like Kiffin uh, clarified, it was uh, far enough away from the regular season to not make a difference. But... Lane and the Rebels will open their season with Troy on September 3rd. Meanwhile, over at Tennessee, Jabari Small, running back, looking a little bit bigger heading into this season. The running back has reportedly added on about 15 pounds this offseason. Talking with reporters this week, he said he wants to be stronger in the second half of games. He also wants to be the team's short yardage back, and that's why he added more bulk and strength. Small ran for 800 yards, nine touchdowns last season. Also, Uh, received 141 carries last year, clearly looking to improve that number. And lastly, 
over at Alabama. Rusher Yabi Anoma has entered the transfer portal. Originally a five-star recruit coming out of high school. Started his college career with Alabama. Also had a stop in Houston, but was dismissed for violating team rules. He posted six sacks while playing for Tennessee Martin last season. So uh, we will see where he ends up. But former Alabama guy on the move once again. There you have it. That is the latest news going on around the conference. Thank you guys again for making Locked on SEC your first listen every day. Coming up next, our conversation with former Auburn running back Ronnie Brown, now part of the Auburn broadcast team. We'll get some insight on the team with him. First, want to tell you guys, look, uh, this season when you're watching football, you're going to be hanging out with some friends, putting back a few drinks, and a few drinks can become a few too many. As the evening comes to an end and people start to head out, you think about calling for a ride, but you say, ah, no, I live nearby. You can make it home okay. No big deal. What are the odds you'll get pulled over anyway? And even so, what's the worst that could happen? Your insurance goes up. You lose your license. You lose your job. You total your car. You kill somebody. Everyone knows about the risks of drunk driving. The results are tragic and often deadly. However, that still doesn't stop everyone from getting behind the wheel while under the influence, and that's why police officers are out there right now looking for impaired drivers on our roads to save lives. So if you think you're okay to drive after a couple of drinks, think again, play it safe, and plan ahead to get a ride. It only takes one mistake to change your life or someone else's forever. Drive sober or get pulled over. That's the message uh, that you need to know heading into this uh, football season. Again, great message uh, brought on from our friends at NHTSA. Again, uh, drive sober or get pulled over. Former Auburn running back Ronnie Brown, now part of the broadcast team. What's that transition been like for you, man? You know, it's it's been great. You know, when you're around a great group of guys that – you know, teach you the, I think, the nuances of this part of the business. Um, For me, it's great because I get to talk about what I love to do. Um, You know, and being a former athlete, there's always, you know, that passion towards this. And so, you know, then you just kind of learn in this side of it and the style of, okay, how to do this, how to do some of those things. You know, when it comes to, you know, question asking or just relating the information um, and translating that information to, you know, I think the the public, the general public and in terms where they can understand. And so, you know, it's been great. You know, I enjoy it. Um, You know, I thought that I wanted to pursue a bigger career in it. um, But, you know, I've have a different path but being able to be involved with this group at Auburn it made the most sense and you know I get a chance to work with great people every day um, who you know teach me you know we have a good time um, and you know I think we enjoy each other's relationship. I want to go back to 2004 I was a student at LSU you were of course were at Auburn and one of your closest games at undefeated season was against LSU but come on that penalty leverage leverage do you remember that? Yeah, it's called rules, right? Because <laughs> you have to follow them. And so when they put them in, you know, it's like, it's like speeding limits, right? Certain streets, we feel like we can go faster, which, hey, there's an element of, hey, don't do it. If you do it, now you do it at your own expense. You get caught, you got a ticket, you get points. So um, I think just, you know, going through that, I think it's, you know, it's fortunately for us it was a great call yeah. <laughs> um but you know I, I think too like just going through the, that was a good game it's competitive uh you know it was a really good game but i'm happy that we came out on the other end of that yeah i just remember we watched it at our friend's apartment and then we just drank the rest of the night and drank our sorrows away so maybe it was a good thing yeah i mean yeah so you still had a good night you know <laughs> and when you look back at it it was the rule the rule was the rule and so 
What, yeah. what do you remember most about that season? What stands out? Relationship. Um, our group. Um, you know, I think how close-knit we were as a team. And I think people lose the element and the importance of that as you look at, you know, the game now. Because it's so much about I and me and, you know, social media followings and it's a lot of individual accolades. Mm -hmm. And so the beautiful thing about that was I think there was a learning lesson for us coming off of the 03 season. Um, We were ranked high and then, you know, got a piece of humble pie, didn't have a great season. And so then the only thing you can can do after that is go back to work. And so... You know, you can't argue with results. And so it's like, hey, man, like we weren't good. So we got to put in the work. And so going through the 04 season, there was an element of accountability, um, leadership. And it was as a whole, you know, from, you know, the the best player on the team, the leader on the team to forgot was a walk on. And, you know, he worked really hard. It was accountability. It's like, hey, man, we have the respect of everyone. If you see someone not doing what they're supposed to do, whether it's football related or outside this building, like we hold each other accountable. We support each other. And so, you know, we had a thing on Friday nights that we go in. We have Friday, Friday night, you know, meetings. And so just kind of sharing elements of, you know, life, like whether it was, you know, what was happening back home, struggles or, you know, I think great news and stuff and so that made us close as a group and so going through that experience you know that that's what it's about because you get guys from different backgrounds different walks of life and to come into that element you know on a sporting team to achieve a common goal you know it feels good when you can do that and so you know we weren't thinking about the end results it was just like all right we're gonna take it one week at a time but those bonds that we formed um, in that locker room, you know, that's the part that I miss about sports. You know, I don't miss getting hit at all. <laughs> um, but the guys, the relationships, the people that I met through, you know, this journey has been great. Well, speak of that, your running mate, Cadillac, he's back at Auburn. I mean, it's kind of funny, uh, homecoming, to have both you guys kind of back now. Yeah, man, that's my, you know, that's my rogue dog, you know. And he's a great dude, um, you know obviously made me better as a person and as a football player um you know that was that you know competitive spirit that he embraces and you know and then also just a relationship you know and so that support you know for us to be able to do the same thing share a lot of life experiences together um you know it's been a great relationship since we were what 18 19 years old and to have that bond you know with a guy who you share the backfield with you know, shared so many highs and lows together. Obviously being drafted, you know, was one of those highs. And then seeing as we progress through life, you know, we're all transitioning. He's coaching. You know, I work in finance and I'm still doing some media stuff. And so, you know, it's great to see guys doing well after that because, you know, the growth and development, that's important. And, you know, we share so many great times as young men, but to see guys going on, having families and doing things, you know, and continue to have success, it's, it's pretty important. Quick thought on this year's Auburn team. Obviously, all the offseason distractions and all that. It seems now like Coach Harson, he's got his guys in place. I've been talking to some of the players. They're like, we love Coach Harson. We're bought in. We're ready to go. It seems like where things were a few months ago, everything's settled down now. Now it's just about football. Yeah, he has a great um, approach towards perspective. You know, like people say, oh, distractions. You know, it's like, hey, man, those are opportunities. Adversity creates opportunity. And so you go through things, you grow through them. And so then that way you use them as learning experiences and to get better. And so as you go through something like that, you know, in 02, 03, we did the same thing with Tommy Tuberville, you know. And so, 
you know, it was coming in and that was an opportunity for our team to get closer and say, hey, man, anything inside this wall, that's all that matters. And so I think you're starting to hear that message. It's like, man, what happens outside of these? That doesn't matter. That doesn't affect us. They don't come to work with us. They don't know what's happening inside these walls. And so, you know, when you start getting a group of men, everyone pulling in the same direction, you know, you can do some special things. Obviously, there's a lot more that goes into it. But, you know, when you get guys that, you know, believe in that, you know, get together and, you know, I think rally the ships, you can achieve some really great things. And so hopefully that, you know, yeah, guarantee the results, but hopefully, you know, that's the approach and, you know, everyone's on the same, and then you can achieve, like I said, some stuff together as a group. And, you know, I think, what is it? Uh, was it just the, the acronym of team together? Everyone achieves more and say so that really has to be it. Like, I mean, yeah, as individuals, we have a job to do, but collectively, if we all do those jobs, we hold each other accountable we can have success as a football team. Um, and that's that's the most important thing. Last thing for you, uh, Tank Bigsby. Is there a little bit of Ronnie Brown in there? No, man, he's a special guy. Like, I don't know if there's – he's his own person. Um, you know, and that's a position. That position's based based off of, you know, reaction. Um, and so he has a – he's a special talent. Um, you know, and guys take different things from different people. For me growing up, obviously, I couldn't do what Barry Sanders did, but he was my favorite running back growing up. Um, you know, from not even just the way that he ran the football, because I couldn't, you know, reenact some of those things. Not many people in the world can. But, you know, even how he handled himself after scoring touchdowns, giving the ball to the referee. And so there are certain things that you take from different guys' games. And so this kid, this young man, has special talent. You know, he has great vision. You know, you watch him on some of the cutbacks. Um, can catch the ball out of the backfield so he can do everything it's just you know continuing to develop and even though he and i have conversation you know like there's just certain things that you start to learn as you grow in this sport you know you know what you do you know where you're going as a as a running back but then you start learning other elements learning what the linemen are doing helping those guys set up the blocks looking at tendencies of the defense if you're into the boundary you get a corner who's press coverage and then you got the safety moving over it's probably going to be a blitz from there and so you start learning stuff and you start learning how to make yourself better and then premeditated, like kind of knowing what's going to happen so you're prepared for those environments. And so I think he's taking that next step. You know, when you listen to him talk, I was, you know, listening to him earlier. He's talking about accountability as a leader, you know. And so as an individual, you know, he's talking about the greatest part of a leader. Well, for me, in my, in my opinion, you know, the greatest part of a leader is one who can follow and who knows how to follow and when to follow. And so that was, you know, something that I heard from him. They were asking him about, who, you know, who does he lean on? And he was like, hey, man, as the leader, when I'm not, doing what I'm supposed to be doing you know it's the job of the other guys I tell them get on to me too um and so you know that's a good sign you know being able to take that from your guys you know but also you know not really saying a lot just being able to go out there and do your work and lead by example the great Ronnie Brown thanks so much for time appreciate it coming up next our conversation with Wes Blankenship roll along here locked on SEC and Look, we've been talking all about the upcoming football season. And one guy who is all about the Georgia Bulldogs is sitting down with us now. He's also about a, a little school called Coffee Town. We'll get to that a little bit later. Mm-hmm. But Wes Blankenship from On3 Sports and uh, Dogs HQ sitting down with us. Outsider as well, working with Marty Smith. What's up, man? How are you? Uh, it's good to be here. What was uh, the last few months like, well, you know, a team like Georgia that, that you've covered for a while and been in depth and, uh, you know, doing stuff for the website and all this mm-hmm. kind of stuff throughout the years to be able to see it all culminate and come together and see this team win a national championship. Yeah. Um, 
I am very thankful for the way things worked out because for you know much of my professional career I was covering the games I was on the sidelines or in the press box and when I got back into working in media after COVID I worked at Outsider full-time mm-hmm. and I wasn't credentialed uh, as a as a writer or a video producer or anything and I got to actually watch Georgia as a fan which I hadn't been able to do since I was a kid and for it to happen you know I think if you asked me a few years ago yeah you know I would have loved to have covered it professionally because that's what my life was but I'm grateful that I got to watch it as a fan with other fans soak it all in not have to have this weird wall of professionalism between me and the team and you know now the cat's kind of out of the bag I haven't worked in real media in a couple years and I've been able to kind of be a real Georgia Bulldog again (laughs) and luckily that's what they want the fan sites at on three to be about so don't really consider myself a journalist anymore because I don't (laughs) think I could be one um sharing the sentiments I do about Georgia but here we are it's been a special time no doubt and I think it's okay to if you cover a team and you've grew, grown up most of your life, or majority of your life, cheering for that team. I think it's okay to, to come across, you know, somebody's like, you're a homer. Well, yeah, I want the team to win, right? I mean, like, who wants to cover it? I, got, I get on that all the time. And, and mostly it's, it's writers, and I'm a journalist and all this. Yeah, mm-hmm. but, like, you're kind of tied to that team. Isn't it a waste of your time if you're covering bad teams every year? You know what you I mean? You want the team to do well, no doubt. Right. No so, doubt. So what, what is the, the experience so far with On3 been like? You know, it's, it's pushed me to write a lot more you know I've always written you mm-hmm. know but for the majority of my career I was writing for TV you know short bullet points right. scripts and just pontificating off of that and I've always loved to write um, but it's pushed me more in alright 400 500 words on each story you know several stories a day a bunch of stories each month and my team writes even more than I do because my split with Outsider and Marty Smith's podcast, both owned by the same company, but kind of split in time between two of them. Yeah. So my, my fellow writers at dogshq.com, for all the Georgia fans and, uh, in the area, that's where you want to go. They're writing even more than me. And, wow. and, and uh, we've got a news writer, beat writer named Palmer Toms, um, who churns out content, and our recruiting expert as well. Georgia recruiting is always a big deal, huge deal, named Jake Roos, and he covers that. So, I don't know. It's different um, being in, like, this virtual space. I, I miss some of the the TV news stuff of, like, mm-hmm. actually getting out and about every single day covering a team. Um, but now I'm all in on Georgia, so it's fun. Uh, what's the biggest question for this team this year? I mean, I know you lose a bunch on the defense. You bring back a lot particularly offense, you get Stetson Bennett back and, and a bunch of pieces, but what in your mind is the biggest question mark for this team? I think the biggest question mark is we all know that Stetson Bennett is underappreciated, um, but is he good enough of a leader to, now that everyone knows that he can win a championship, now that everyone knows that Georgia can actually win the thing, <laughs> uh, can he lead an offense that counters Georgia's impact of the loss on defense. And I don't know if it's a Herculean effort. You know, obviously having that many players drafted is a big deal. Um, But a lot of the talent 
that played on Georgia's defense rotated in and out behind those NFL draft picks as well. So, yes, is Georgia missing a huge percentage on defense? Absolutely. But it's all relative. And I still feel like Georgia's defense is a top five, top ten kind of unit. And if we're going to put Kirby and Georgia in the same discussion now with Nick Saban and Alabama, this happens all the time with Alabama. Why are, you know, why are people questioning, oh, they lost a lot on the defense? Well, this happens a lot. Alabama loses a lot on defense. They just reload. Mm-hmm. If Kirby's supposed to be on par with him and they've been right there and recruiting and all, it's just a reload. You know, you're just reloading. That's the ultimate test. And so far, Kirby has passed it uh, with his recruiting efforts. Um, but you're still talking about college athletes. Right. And I think Kirby did a phenomenal job of finding a way to really like break a lot of walls between his players. Because look, we're, we're in an era, everyone's on social media, college kids more than anybody probably. It's very easy for those kids to be selfish, right. to be quite honest. And Kirby found a way with some of his uh, like mental training that he and his staff implemented to build a real team, like a real group of guys that actually knew each other and cared about each other and I think it helped him win the championship, but that's what Saban did year in and year out is keeping guys focused. Not just do you have the talent. Can you keep them from thinking all we had to do is put helmets on and we'll win? <laughs> and that's yet to be seen. Yeah, it's, uh, it, it's interesting how this uh, schedule sets up too. Um, they open the season in Atlanta with Oregon and all the storylines there from Dan Lanning now at Oregon and coaching against Kirby to, you know, Bo Nix, the, the departed Auburn quarterback now at Oregon. It's going mm-hmm. to be a fun, nice little tester out of the gates to see where this team is. Yeah, a lot of great storylines in that one. Um, you know, Nolan Smith, who was the defensive player that was here for Georgia today, number one recruit coming out of high school, took a couple years to actually live up to it, and Dan Lanning was a huge part of that reason why he did I mean he pushed him in meetings like physically was always getting in Nolan's face showing him how physical he had to be motivating him and now Dan Lanning's coaching on the other side and and he knows how Nolan ticks so he knows how that whole defense ticks so yeah a, a great challenge in Atlanta to start it's uh, it's going to be a fun year to see how uh, how it all plays out for Georgia and can they get back to the playoff? Let me just ask you this question, big picture: Who's the third best team in the SEC in your mind? In my mind, it's hard for me to look past Arkansas. Uh, I know they're replacing a lot of talent as well, but they still got their QB that they had last season, Sam Pittman, uh, off of Kirby's coaching tree, has assembled a very good staff. And he knows what it takes to win. He knows how to run that program. And he is a fantastic motivator of his team as well. So I'm big on Arkansas. I love the Hogs. All right. We can't let you go without talking a little bit about uh, years ago. You became a viral sensation overnight by doing something I used to do. High school, calling high school football games. What was the high school that you called? Uh, God, Live Oak High School okay. was the name of the school that I did games for. But it's so funny because, you know, I was prepping and trying to learn, you know, hey, you know, what do I need to do and all this kind of stuff. And when you live in the South and you drive across, you know, states from Texas to Louisiana all the way to Florida and you, go, you know, scroll through the radio on Friday nights uh, across the South, we heard 
you. Coffee Town is mm-hmm. all these cities across the South. Yeah. So I, I, it, it's funny because you went viral with it, and it was very funny, but it was also very real. Sure. That, that sounds like something you hear on the radio on Friday nights across America. Yeah, it was kind of my version of observational humor about that very specific part of American culture. <laughs> and my uh, career took me through, you know, small towns in Georgia covering yep. high school football games, even up through working in Atlanta. You know, you still drive out to the sticks every now and then. And when you're driving back with your camera to go edit the highlights for the, for the local news highlight show, you tune into the radio station to get as current of a score as you can before you walk into the station. As long to, as they're uh, updating the score. As long as they're updating it, which they rarely do, or the down and distance, yeah. you know. So, yeah, that was uh, He's just, got a guy is my favorite, my favorite line I hear. He's got a guy. Well, who? He's who got is a guy. It? Who caught it? Like, yeah. well, it's a guy. Yeah, man, but uh, I'm just so glad that it's resonated with so many people, and uh, I think whatever we can do obviously it's a cliche now but whatever we can do to you know think about the things that we all enjoy and all have in common i'm all for that that's very cool west blanket ship dude thanks so much for the time really appreciate you uh jumping all of this i know you mentioned it earlier but push again uh one of your many ventures that you're working on this yeah. this week uh all right so you can follow me on twitter at west underscore the letter in the word ship because my last name is Blankenship and i shortened it like that uh, but yeah, at Dogs HQ for all the Georgia people. Uh, we're running a promo right now for you to sign up for one dollar for this month if you want to try it out. Um, but look, if you're a fan of Texas, you're a fan of Auburn or whoever you're a fan of, you know we have the message board model. But unlike the other message board sites, you can actually look at your other rivals' message boards oh, and nice. see how they're melting down. Yeah. So, I, so I encourage you to check that out over at On Three. And uh, Outsider as well is where we host Marty's podcast. Awesome. Wes, thanks again, man. I appreciate it. Yep. Thank you. All right. That is going to do it for this edition of Locked On SEC. Thank you guys again for making Locked On SEC your first listen every day. And remember, uh, Locked On SEC, free and available on all platforms. And, uh, again, making us your first listen. Now you go make your second listen. Check out some of our other great podcasts all along the Locked On Podcast Network. Whatever SEC school it is you're looking for, chances are we got you covered. Search uh, Locked On Bama, Locked On Aggies, Locked On Auburn. We got you covered with just about everybody out there. That's going to do it for this edition of Locked On SEC. We'll talk to you guys tomorrow with a whole new edition as we continue previewing some of the schools and asking some of the big questions for some of these teams heading into the start of another SEC season. I'm Chris Gordy. We'll talk to you guys tomorrow.